Thank you for joining in for this City Lights Church podcast. We're a new church in the north of Brisbane, and you can find out more about us at www.citylights.community. We hope that this podcast encourages you in your journey of following Jesus. To talk on our Wavelength series about some topics that they really embody. These are people who are some of the most servant-hearted, generous people that I know. They are uh, leaders in our church. And so uh, in a moment, I'm going to invite Seth and then also Sarah just to come and share. And uh, I want you to encourage them, make them feel welcome. But uh, first of all, let me invite Seth up. Give him a huge welcome. And... uh, Seth leads our production team, and so uh, he's incredibly, um, one of the things that Seth is amazing at, he's very technically gifted. So the way that all these things uh, connect, he just tells me things and I nod and say yes, and then say, this is cool and it looks great. And so really grateful for that. So Seth, in terms of your production team, you have... Um, some pro presenter operators and sound operators um, and you're looking for a couple more people to join the team. Do you want to just quickly tell us about that? Yeah, so we're looking for a few more people to join our sound and 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 uh, presentation team. Um, probably two or three more would be really great just to relieve some of the the oh, the the pressure of um, doing week in, week out. We've got about three to four people at the moment so that means sometimes we've got to be in week in, week out. So, yeah. Yeah. Awesome. So one of the things that I think is really good is that if we all do a little bit, no one's left with a big bit. So I know that so many of you are involved in so many different ways in the life of the church, and we provide all uh, the training for that. Um, Some things are are a lot less technical. Other things, people enjoy that kind of uh, sound and and all the buttons to push. So uh, really good. All right, let me pray, and then I'm going to hand over to Seth. Lord, we just thank you and you honour you for what you're doing in this church. We, we love you and we thank you for the joy that's being released. And so God, we pray and uh, commit uh, these messages to you. Lord, we thank you that they honour you, they glorify you and they release your presence in our hearts and in this place. In Jesus' name, Amen. Amen. Um, thank you, Andrew, for that introduction. Um, So my name, as Andrew mentioned, is Seth. I've been coming to City Lights Church for just about since it started a long time ago with my wife, Sharon. Um, We're talking on servant uh, serving and loving one another this morning, and my wife is definitely better at at that than me. Um, But somehow, uh, you know, Andrew asked me up here, and and I wanted to, you know, so when he asked me to preach, I wanted to jump straight into serving and loving me. So I said, yes, of course, Andrew. (laughs) We love you, brother. Love you. And I think I may have bowed a couple more times than that, but... Um, yes, yeah, serving and loving one another. That's what we're talking about today. So we've, as Andrew mentioned, we've been talking about our Wavelength series. And if you haven't caught too many of the messages yet, um, I encourage you to go onto our website. We've got podcasts there. You can catch up on messages. But we're really focusing on Wavelength, on um, the spiritual aspect of faith, because it's not just 
something that we believe in. It's something that, this, that, that, that God imparts to us through the Holy Spirit. And that naturally means that we work in some sort of supernatural natural power. And that's what we've been looking at today, or like today, and what we've been looking at in the past sort of weeks. So I, I did jump into saying yes to Andrew last week when he asked me, because I do actually enjoy talking um, I am a software developer. That's what I do in my day job. But I'm a consulting, a consulting, uh, more of a consultant really. And I do a lot of training other developers. Um, in a previous role, I used to go and talk in webinars um, over the, online and pre-COVID. Used to jump on the plane. And I really actually enjoyed it. So I said yes really quickly to Andrew. But uh, I probably didn't think about it because serving and loving people sometimes that's a little bit. It's like oh. That's a great topic, but you know, it's something a bit, a bit more meaty, you know, than serving and loving one another. So I sat down on Monday and I thought, okay, what, 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 what do you want me to bring, God? And I said, no, so nothing sort of came. I was waiting for that big flash moment of like, Holy Spirit impartment, you know. And then uh, Tuesday, sat down before work, just an hour, just prayed a little bit, still nothing. And, and Wednesday, I thought, oh, well, I better, I had my Bible all these other times, don't, don't get me wrong, but I better open it up and I'll start looking at all the verses related to loving and serving. And you know what? There is so many verses in the Bible about loving and serving each other. Maybe, maybe I haven't given it enough thought in the past. So it's interesting when you, when you start and you talk about subjects, you go, oh, oh, God, <laughs> God convicts you. Um, so I hope... Hope today you get a sense of of the spiritual, natural, supernatural aspect of loving and and serving one another. So today we're going to look at just one of those verses, um, particularly. We're going to look at a few verses, but there's so many. So I encourage you this week, uh, if you've got some time with your Bible, go and have a look at all the places because there's a lot to be said about serving and loving one another. And I'm really going to just touch on one aspect of that. This morning. So, if you have your Bibles with you, but it's going to be on the screen as well, I would encourage you to turn to John 13 uh, and verse 31, starting at verse 31. And this scripture is set, of course, the Last Supper. If you don't know, the Last Supper was just before Jesus uh, was uh, was handed over to to go to the cross, and so it's the Last Supper. It's a, Jesus knew what was coming. His, his disciples didn't know what was coming, but he knew what was coming. So it was a last opportunity for God, the Son of God, to impart something to the people who had been following him for three or four years. Uh, and I'd have a lot to say, I think, if I was the Son of God, and that's probably good that I haven't. But he, he gave this very simple message um, to his disciples, and let's have a look at it now. Okay, so, so Jesus said, the time has come for the Son of Man to enter into his glory. He was talking in third person, the Son of Man, of course, himself. So don't get confused there. He's not talking about somebody else. He's, he's talking in third person about himself. Um, so the Son of Man will enter into his glory and God will be glorified because of him. And since God receives glory because of the Son, he will give his own glory to the Son and he will do so at once. Dear children, he, the, the, he called the disciples' children in this fact, or little ones or something like that. Um, but he was referring to his disciples that he was gathered in, in a meal with. I will be with you only a little while longer. 
As I, as I told the Jewish leaders, you will search for me, but you, but you can't come where I'm going. Of course, he was referring to heaven. That's where he was going eventually. So now I'm giving you a new commandment. And this is the, la- the, the commandment. This is it at this point. Love each other just as I have loved you. You should love each other. And your love for one another will prove to the world that you are my disciples. Or another, another version of, of the Bible says, By this all men will know that you are my disciples if you have love for one another. So right here, Jesus sets, uh, sets loving one another as the distinguishing thing about Christians, about each other of us. Um, and he is especially referring to loving other disciples, other other followers of Jesus here. He, of course, goes on and, and talks later in the New Testament about loving other people outside of the Christian faith, but we're just talking particularly about loving one another here today. So think about this for a minute. Think about this. Great teaching, uplifting worship, amazing children's ministries. Well, these are really worthwhile things, and there's something we should struggle for or strive for in this church, in City Lights Church. Loving one another is the most important thing that we should be doing. It's an interesting thought, isn't it? So early in the evening, Jesus had humbly washed his servants' feet, so it's like giving context to how we should love each other, not necessarily loving, you know, cleaning feet, but he's just setting the example. Um, and uh, so the, the inference here that, that Jesus is giving is that we should actually love how he loved. Wow, that's a big call. It's a huge call. Uh, yeah, it's a nervous one. It's like, whoa, that's a, that's a big thing. I don't know that I'm doing that. So, so how can I do that? That's what we're going to tackle this morning as we look at uh, this particular verse. Now, you've got to understand that in the Bible, there are th- at least three types of love. Sometimes there's a little bit there's a little bit of a fourth version, but there's three types of main types of love. And sometimes in our Western society we don't have a grip of that because we just talk about love. So what do we mean by love? There's eros love, and of course this is the romantic, steamy love that uh, should be between a husband and wife. But importantly, it's not the only love that should be between the husband and wife, but it's the primary primary outlet for eros love. Um, in the Bible, there's philia. This is the friendship sort of love. Um, this is the love that Andrew and I have. We we have common interests. We like mountain biking together. We love the church. This is philia. This is the, the sort of love between mates and friends and that sort of thing. And then we have agape, and this is the love that Jesus is actually talking about here. It's it's the love that is typically used to describe God's love. For us, right? Yeah. And here, that's what Jesus is actually commanding us to do, to love with an agape style of love. So agape love, is, it's, not un, it's, not, uh, it's unconcerned with selfish, uh, selfishness. It's, it's, it's concerned with the greatest good for, for the other person. Okay, So it's a totally selfless type of love. Uh, it's not born out of emotions. So it's not something you feel. Like you might feel love for your... For your, for your other um, friends in the church and, and other believers, but that's not the sort of love we're talking about here. It's actually a willing sort of love. It's a decision. It's, a, it's, a, it's, it's motivated by an inner conviction, which actually comes through the Holy Spirit. 
Um, so that's what we're talking about here. Let's be really clear about that. So one of the best verses, I think, that demonstrates God's own agape-style love is actually Romans 5.8. So God's demonstrated his love for us in this, that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Okay? So that's how God loves. He puts down sacrificial love while we, we don't even deserve to have it. And that's the style of love that we have to or be called to give, uh, to hand out as, as believers for other believers. So why is it so important? You first and foremost, I really want you to understand that it is not about your salvation. Uh, doing something is not going to earn you salvation. Salvation only comes through Jesus Christ and faith in Jesus Christ. So you've got to understand that, that if you're feeling here today, oh my gosh, I don't love my believe, my fellow believers uh, in this manner. That's not going to disqualify you from, from what Jesus brought to us on the cross. So you've got to understand that. Secondly, God is actually love, and, and we're made in his image, right, and his likeness. And so we allow, as we allow the supernatural power of the Holy Spirit within us, and when we become Christians and we believe in Jesus and become a follower of Jesus, we allow the Holy Spirit's work within us, and that empowers us to love like this, right? So it transforms us more into the likeness of Jesus. It's an agape. The agape love is like that. Um, so 1 John five fifteen to 19 says, Whoever declares that Jesus Christ is the Son of God, of course, that's a Christian, and have God living in them, and they live in God, we know how much God loves us, and we put our trust in his love. God is love, and all who live love in God. Oops, I lost my place, sorry. Uh, I really lost my place. And as we live in God, our love grows more perfect. Okay? So that's the understanding there. So, therefore, if I have love for you, and my fellow believers, it's not because you're great people, although you are great people, it's not because of that. And this is a, this is this actually makes it easier to understand love when we're having a tough time with a relationship or that. It's not it's not a feeling. It's a will. It's a willing love. Okay. Um. So so that's really under, understand. It comes out of the Holy Spirit and the Holy Spirit working within us. I really love cycling. I I love cycling. I do mountain biking. I think Andrew probably got me into mountain biking. But before mountain biking, I was a into road cycling, and this is before I met Sharon, and I was super fit. No, it wasn't. Um, <laughs> um, this was before I, lo- before, before I met Sharon. I was really into road cycling, and I used to meet with a group of about 20 cyclists, and they met on Mondays and Wednesdays and Fridays and Sundays, right, before church. And there was a Wednesday group, and the Wednesday group was a really fast group, like they, this it was all the same group, but on Wednesdays, everyone went fast. And I'm talking like 36, 38 kilometers an hour fast for the whole time. So that's really hard to, to keep up with. And I went to that group a couple of times, but everyone knew that the emphasis of that group was on going fast. It was on going fast. So I went to that group a couple of times and it was, it was great fun, but I nearly every single time I got dropped and I, I ended up going home because I couldn't keep up. Um, but the Monday group was more of like an all-in sort of group. And I don't know 
Who's, who's here done cycling in a group before? Anybody? Yeah. Andrew up the back, that's good. But one, one thing about cycling in a group is actually very exciting. Like, when you cycle in a group, especially 20 people, there's this section in the group, not the front, not the back actually, not the back, it's easy to drop off the back. And it, up the front, you're pressing hard against the wind. But in the middle, you're sort of pedaling, and, and if in the speed group, you'd be looking at your speedo, laughing at yourself because you're going so fast that it's not something you could do by yourself. And it's actually quite exciting, and I got a bit addicted to it. Um, so, but on Monday, everyone knew that Mondays was the time where nobody got dropped, right? Everyone, no one got left behind on Mondays. So you just understood that if you showed up on Monday, you're going to be okay. And so what happens in cycling when you're in a group? The people at the front are pushing against the wind. That's the hard spot. But you don't stay there for long. You drop back. And everyone in the group circles around. They take their turns to go up the front and down the back. And down the back, um, it's the same. It's actually hard to stay right on the back of a, of a cycling group. But in the middle, you're like, whoa, this is awesome. You're laughing to yourself because you're hardly pedaling and you're just going along loving the time. But at the back, yeah, you can drop off pretty easy. And so on Mondays, what would happen is you, you'd take your turns, and everyone, but everyone would be really understanding, and there'd be people down the back making sure that people didn't drop off, right? They would be there encouraging you. If you dropped back, they would come back, and they would just stay, and everyone took turns at doing this, and it was a really good sense. There was people doing all sorts of things, people leading at times, people enjoying the ride at times, and people at the back encouraging others. And that's really like this love, I think, you know, the love in the church. Um, I think this is the reason why loving one another is so important because I think the Christian faith is about community. It's about restoring what God intended for us as humans. And, and so what you should have, you should have those veterans who are just there. They're great at cycling. They're, well, they're great believers. They've been there. You've got the people who have peak performance. You've got the newbies who are trying to hang on. You've got um, people out the front putting in the hard yards, breaking through, right? Breaking, putting in prayer time, breaking through. But everyone is mixing around, taking in turns to step back and, and taking in turns to, to be up the front, to go back to back, encouraging one another. So that's what it's like. I, I picture it sort of like that. Um, so I've got really quickly... I've got some practical steps of how we could love like this. It's because it's, it's not easy. We've got to allow the Holy Spirit to, to work. For First of all, no act is actually too small. And you've got to really understand this. Because when God set his apostles out into the world, he said that whoever gives these people as much as a cup of cold water, in Matthew, I think in Matthew 10, 42. And it was, that's really significant that God did that. Because the cup of cold water is not beyond anybody. It's not beyond somebody who's really in poor. It's not beyond somebody who's rich. So sometimes we think loving one another is imparting some money. You know, a big, oh, here's $10,000 because I really think you need it. No, loving somebody is being in the kitchen serving water, you know. Jared, wherever he is, and I don't know if he's still here. Is he here? He's a great example of loving one another. That boy... <laughs> comes in week after week, serving, that's a good example. Okay, it requires, it requires participation. If you don't participate, 
You can't love one another. You can't love one another. And I think that's, that's one of the things we've lost in COVID because we've become a little bit of an online church. And you've got to understand that you can't get community. You can't have opportunities for loving if you're sitting behind a screen all the time. There's places for that. I'm not saying that. But there is places, and definitely the Bible is about community. Um, sometimes loving is about just about lifting. That's all you can do. And praying for somebody. I've learned that in marriage that I've got to be the listener because I'm a task-oriented person and my wife thinks <laughs> tells me something that she needs and I'm like, hey, we've got this job and I've got to learn. This is what we can do this way. No, I've just got to listen. Uh, and finally, oh, second last point. It's about humility and vulnerability. I mean, John has been in the church for a long time. He's been a pastor. But if John is not willing to be vulnerable and it sometimes admit, hey, I need somebody to love on me, it's about taking turns to be humble because you can't just be a veteran Christian and say, well, I've got it all together and I want to portray that I've got it all together. That's not allowing other people to minister to you. And lastly, of course, it's about allowing the Holy Spirit to flow through you. And We looked at that and that's the most important thing. So just think about those things and really allow the Holy Spirit to flow through you in order to become a better lover. As far as this goes, that does that sounded wrong, didn't it? In order to be our better agape lover, uh, John was really excited about that one. Um, so I want to encourage you this week, in your quiet times together, just simply ask God, "What do you want me? How do you want me to serve other people today?" And uh, give me an opportunity, one or two opportunities per day, to love one another. I'll hand it over to Sarah. Um, hope. Thank you so much, Seth. That was amazing. Always good to finish with a laugh too. He did that on purpose. <laughs> well, hello. My name is Sarah Petchel. For those that I've never met before, hello. Nice to meet you. Okay. We've got to make sure I'm all set up here. Beautiful. Okay. So for those that don't know, I am a single parent. And some I know know that already. I am the mother of a 19-year-old son. And I've raised Ben by myself the whole time, from right from the start. And having been a single parent without a lot of resources, you know, that can happen, I didn't have support for many, many, many years. And I got really used to struggling to make ends meet. I got very, very stressed stretched emotionally, physically, financially with my time. There just wasn't much to go around. And when it came to times where I was asked or needed to be generous in giving, I was challenged. I was absolutely challenged. I understood what it was like to have very little and to struggle. And if you can imagine being a single parent with a small child, wanting to give them everything and really having nothing. So today I hope to encourage you in generosity and giving, to help you lean towards being on God's wavelength when it comes to this area in your life. And my first point is for you that generosity matters to God. Paul, in his words to the elders in Ephesus in Acts 20.35, tells us, and I have been a constant example of how you can help those in need by working hard. You remember the words 
of the Lord Jesus. It is more blessed to give than to receive. You see, when it comes to giving and generosity, there is no greater example than God, right? There is none. I mean, from the very beginning in the book of Genesis, God is, is generous, you know, making man in his image, inviting man to be part of creation, naming the animals, and then taking woman from man. And then further on in our Bible stories, giving Abraham a son, giving blessing, and then to, to the people of Israel, taking, freeing them from slavery, taking them through the desert, giving them food, giving them water, all while they grumbled about it not being good enough. And I could go on and on through the Bible about God's generosity, but God just isn't generous and giving in the Bible. He is generous in our lives. Jesus cares about generosity and he asks us to be generous just as he gives, just as he is a giver, just as he is generous. Although we cannot outgive God, right? Like, let's just get that clear. <laughs> so many times when I was struggling as a single parent, I often found myself short of money. Uh, there was times where, you know, I was 22 when I when I started this this journey as a parent and and I just had no budgeting skills or ability to understand how to pay for things. I was also, as a single parent, you can't go out and work long long shifts. And um, I struggled with money, absolutely. And there were many occasions where I actually didn't have enough money for groceries. Like I would go, okay, I've got to pay this bill, I've got to pay this bill, okay, I paid all those bills. And I'm like, oh, I haven't gone grocery shopping yet. And without knowing my situation, my dad would actually ring me up and say, hey, I want to take you out for grocery shopping. And I was like, okay, like, who have you been talking to? <laughs> and when my dad would take me out for, for shopping, he's so extravagant, he'd be filling up the trolley and he'd be like, he'd grab these cuts of meat that I wouldn't even look at because they'd be like, this is a $35 steak. I mean, not steak, a, you know, roast. You're like, oh, yeah, not getting that. Where's the mince, you know? Uh, and my dad's putting this stuff in the trolley and, uh, you know, this is back 19 years ago and my trolley would be $250. And I'm like, oh, and he's like, yeah, yeah, fine. And then he'd always take me out for lunch. And if it wasn't my dad, something else would come up here or there and, and, they would just be covered. The bills would just be covered. And it would just get me through. God never let me down. And I said, my son's 19, so he's never let me down. And then when it came to my own giving, even out of this time where I, where I had lack, and giving of my time and my service and my talents, God gave me favour. He gave me opportunities. He gave me connections. He gave me satisfaction, even multiplying what finances I gave. Even if it was little, he multiplied it. I can say for certain generosity matters to God because I've seen it in my own life. And above and beyond our day-to-day -day needs, God gave us Jesus. I mean, he gave us Jesus, his son, to bridge the gap between our sinful, undeserving nature by way of salvation. God gave his son. And that leads me to my second point, that generosity comes with a cost. Jesus bore the cost for our sin, for us to be saved. And when we talk about supernatural generosity in our lives, we too will be required of some kind of cost. Generosity will require something from you, whether it's your time, your talent, 
or your treasure, and sometimes it's all three at once. <laughs> Generosity will ask for your time when you feel like you have none. When your own needs just aren't being met, you've got all these deadlines, you've got things to do, you know, you don't have time, you're tired, like, I can't do that, you, you, you can't ask that of me. And that's exactly when someone will come and, and need you. Generosity will ask of your talents. When you think you should be building your own career, your own prospects, your own hopes, supernatural generosity will ask you to put down building your kingdom and ask you to build the kingdom of God first. And supernatural generosity will ask of your treasure. And maybe sometimes that's money. When it feels like your own bills aren't being paid, or you're saving for this holiday or that car or that thing. Supernatural generosity will ask for you to give to God first. And when you give to God in this way, and when there is that cost, it is in that cost that the power of generosity changes you, breaks you free, does that work in your life. As David said in 2 Samuel 24, should be coming up on the screen. In the part in the yellow there, I will not present an offering to God that has cost me nothing. And that's when David was coming to repent and to make an offering for sin. I will not present an offering to God that has cost me nothing. I remember a time um, when I was getting a bit more work and I had a bit more funds, I had a bit more resources and I was, you know, starting to balance things, getting into the, the swing of this single parent life. And I was at Coles, and I, but you can guess what's going to happen next. I uh, got tap on the shoulder internally, pay for that person's groceries in front of you. And I'm like, cool. So it's probably like, you know, sweet little old lady buying a packet of biscuits and some tea. Cool. <laughs> Ten bucks. Nope. The person had a full trolley. It was over $200. I'm still a single parent at this stage. Okay, I'm still a single parent. <laughs> and I'm like, okay. And out of obedience, I paid, put my PIN number in. But it didn't feel amazing at that time. I was counting the cost. Oh, this much, how much do I have left now? Oh, you know. But what I didn't know at the time is, is that God was unlocking something in me. The cost that I was counting was the cost of me being released into generosity. Because generosity is an act of worship. And that's my third point. When we choose generosity and giving despite our needs, we are putting God ahead of ourselves. And like what Seth said about agape, love, putting God ahead of our needs, removing the focus from ourselves ourselves, and putting it onto God. Honouring him first is an act of worship. When we place God above what we're getting and using our time, our talent and our treasures for our self, we are prioritising God and that is an act of worship. Generosity matters to God. And he asks you to be generous because he wants us to be on his wavelength. He wants us to grow in Christ-likeness. God asks you to be generous because he was generous first. He asks you to be givers because he was a giver first. 
And when we give and it's inconvenient and we find it difficult and we do it anyway, we prioritise God over our comforts, our desires, our needs and our wants. And when we do all this, something is unlocked in our hearts. And how do I know this? Because it has happened in me. I've been a single parent still for 19 years. There's been no one contributing, you know, no other parent. Last year I bought a house. I have a car that's all paid off. And not that that is, not that it's about amassing wealth, but it was just about needs that I had. God has given me so many opportunities. God has opened doors for me. God has unlocked things in my heart, in my nature, in my character, in my past. So as I finish here, I want to leave you with a question to think over. What is keeping you from supernatural generosity? God wants to do more in you through this area in your life. So that's my challenge to you. What is keeping you from supernatural generosity? Awesome. Awesome. Didn't they they do great? Supernatural generosity and how to be a better lover. So, awesome. Hey, uh, we're so glad that uh, you joined us today. In just a moment, uh, we're going to share some food together and hang out together. I just want to encourage us, let's live an open and expansive life. When we set the posture of our heart, to put Jesus first and to think about those around us, that's when we allow the supernatural flow of God in our own lives. So I want to encourage you uh, in this time, this season, it's a little cold, it's a little uh, darker in the morning. Sometimes we tend to just kind of hibernate, but let's live this expansive life that Jesus has called us to. Uh, I want to just invite you, just before we go, uh, up the front here, we're going to have some prayer available if anyone has any prayer needs. And also, uh, if you are exploring faith in Jesus, we have a gift for you. It's this little book that says, Why Jesus? And uh, that's coming up on the screen now, uh, should be. And uh, that is uh, just a little gift to help answer the questions about life and Jesus. Let me pray and then let's hang out together. Jesus, we thank you, Lord, for who you are, that you loved first, that you served first, that you gave first. Even God, you gave your son Jesus for us. And it's from that that we can live this expansive life that is a life of joy and hope and peace. And we thank you for that in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. God bless. Thank you for listening. You can find out more about City Lights Church at www.citylights.community.